Good evening, folks. Welcome to Ellen Road with myself, Barry Cross, and Joe Donahue here of Leeds Live. Uh, we're still at Ellen Road, as you can see. Uh, the lawnmowers are on, so hopefully you can you can hear us okay. We're sat at the back of the, the John Charles stand, so uh, it should come through okay on the speakers. Let us know if you can't hear us, and we'll, we'll try and improve things. Um, but Leeds United nil, Newcastle United won. If you could have defined a Leedsy result, that was probably it. Um, off the back of the best result of the season by far by beating top four contenders West Ham United on their own patch with a Jack Harrison hat-trick um, coming to Ellen Road for the, for the first time in what feels like an eternity uh, a little under three weeks since the Burnley win but tonight had everything about it that was set up to be a carnival atmosphere what was supposed to be a comfortable win pushing Leeds away from the bottom three up towards mid-table uh, with a nice little break ahead of the next Aston Villa game with time for players to, to recover from injury. Uh, but as it turns out, Newcastle get the, the only goal of the game with a, a John Joe Shelby free kick, which I'm sure a lot of you have got some quite strong opinions on. Ilan Melier certainly holds some blame in it. Um, not, not the worst goal I've seen him concede, but certainly some question marks about whether he could have done a bit more. But I think the big question, Joe, is, is just on the, on the poor finishing and just generally ineffective play in the final third I mean Bielsa I think we agree with him Leeds had no real issues getting into the final third and, and getting around the box getting behind Newcastle especially in the first half but I, I wouldn't even say the final ball wasn't there because I think, I think the deliveries weren't terrible there just, there just wasn't anybody there like the, the, they weren't the forwards weren't anticipating where to be when they needed to be there yeah I think as you say there was no issue getting into the final third um, it was just the fact that there wasn't anybody there to finish it off and he also spoke about having clarity in the final move and I mean that was my reading of it was the you know just having that finishing touch and I mean we said last week Jack Harrison was in the right place at the right time and he was three times but today none of that none of the attackers were, were you know were on the money you know there were a few balls which have flashed across the face of goal um, you know I don't, I don't even think Newcastle defended particularly well no. Because Leeds got in time and time again, the chances were there for the taking. Um, and I'm sure you guys, if you, if you watch the highlights back and you see it on Match of the Day, you'll, you'll see that, particularly in the first half, you know, there, there, there were those occasional waves of attacks that, that, that show that Leeds are really in the, in the ascendancy. Um, but today, that, that wasn't the case as the second half wore on. Um, we'll, we'll get on to the goal, but the team just looked a little bit bereft of ideas as, as the game sort of started to drag on and got to, got to 90 minutes. So... I think that'll be something which needs to be rectified. Um, massive win for Newcastle, and it yeah. drags Leeds. No, it doesn't drag Leeds because it's still seven points from clear of the drop zone, but it does just squeeze up that that, that, that bottom of the table and, and, and pull a few teams into you know nervy territory when when today could have been eleven points clear of the drop with you know best part of fifteen games to go. Yeah, I think the first half an hour stood out as, as Leeds' best spell. Um, there were very few doubts in that first half an hour that Newcastle were going to come away with anything more than a draw um, they just they looked every inch the, the bottom three side leads as Joe was saying were, were had no real issues with getting in behind and cutting Newcastle open Paul Dummett uh, back in as the Newcastle left back for the first time in a long time and was was run ragged by Rafinha like most full backs in the Premier League uh, and Kieran Trippier England's Kieran Trippier time and time again Jack Harrison was getting in behind him Trippier of course probably been briefed to get high up the field and raid down that right-hand flank but, but time and again Harrison was that was the outlet for Leeds and, and consistently got in behind and got into the box down the left flank and both of them were, were causing issues but Rodriguez and Daniel James just 
they were there to receive it, but they just they, the link up wasn't the chemistry wasn't there. They didn't have that natural instinct to be in the right position at the right time to uh, to apply the finish. I think Daniel James may have had the best chance where it, when it actually required yeah. a save from De Bruyne quite early in the first half. That was a superb stop as well, actually. Yeah. But but from from that first half half an hour, I mean Newcastle ended the first half better, not not brilliantly, but better by their low standards. And then second half, it was just. Like, like Marcelo said, they, the Leeds lacked clarity. They were almost trying to force it. It just wasn't happening. I, I never felt at any point in the second half like well, that was going to happen. Dubravka wasn't really too bothered. I think Harrison and Rafinha had some joy cutting in from their flanks, but their shots were from the edge of the box and were either blocked or wide. Um, and it just didn't feel like it was going to come for either team, really. I mean, even Newcastle weren't showing a huge amount. Alan Sankmak, one of the great successes of today, at least for the first 70 minutes of the day, was this a maximum was, was was pretty much nullified oh, yeah. by, by Ailing and Urente in a combination. Shelby gets the free kick, which we could talk about in a moment. I'll let Joe come in on the free kick. But then beyond that, I mean, as Eddie Howe said, in the last 20 minutes, if anybody was going to score, Newcastle were going to get a second because Leeds were committing men forward and Maximan was finally getting a bit of space and causing some issues and getting those shots off that we expected. And Melier did make a good save from Joe Willett quite late on from, from close range, but... The free kick decided it in the end. Where, where do you stand on that, Melier? I think, you know, with, with the free kick, uh, Melier is the one who ultimately is at fault because it comes all the way through, it doesn't take a touch, and, you know, he kind of parries it into the net. And you think, oh, well, is he unsighted? Has he seen it late? But you can, I think as a, as a top level goalkeeper, you have to be looking at that and thinking, right, I'm claiming this, at the very least, I'm parrying it wide. Yeah. But he kind of sees it too late and, and it kind of goes through his hands. and. It's, it's a disappointing one. Um, we're in the build-up to the free kick, you know, there's, the ball is lost by Leeds in, 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 their, in, in the Newcastle half while they're on an attack. Llorente is then penalised for, uh, for, for pulling back Javi Manquillo as he goes into the box. I think it was the right thing to do was to foul him, so I wouldn't really castigate Llorente too much for the, for the initial foul. Um, because, you know, Llorente is then, as soon as he gets up and he's, he's, receives his yellow card, He's then shouting, I think, I can't remember who it was, but at the player who maybe didn't track back and, and stop the ball from, from getting to Manquillo. Um, but I mean, it's just sort of on the, on the corner of the box, um, sort of near, near our side in the, in the John Charles stand. Um, and Shelby just whips it around the wall. It's not, it's not particularly venomous. No. It's, it's not particularly driven. It's, it's placed. It's placed and it's, yeah, it's round the corner of the wall. And ultimately that's what gives Melier the problem. There's two Newcastle players coming in who kind of throw a leg at it and maybe he's thinking I have to be aware that's what's caught him off yeah I think that's that's what's caught him off put him off sufficiently enough but it's still one you want to you want Leeds to to defend a little bit better it felt soft I mean that's the way it felt I think Melier you can't justifiably say that as a human being his eyes were were affected by the the incoming Newcastle attackers who were quite rightly coming across to try and get a flick on didn't touch it and you know we're not goalkeepers but my assumption would be that they've, the goalkeeper has got to act as if the ball is going to carry through and you've got to follow the flight of the ball and ultimately he just looks soft. Um, as I say, Melier has conceded worse goals than that. You know, He has dropped some real clangers in the past. I wouldn't put that in the, at the top of the list, but certainly feels soft and just, just did not reflect the way the match was going. Even with a, a poorer lead showing in the second half, Newcastle weren't deserving of that lead. I think they finished the game well saw it out well we all know the troubles they're having and a very fragile team like Newcastle does deserve some credit for seeing that match out because they could have quite easily imploded especially with the injuries they had I mean they, yeah. they had two players limp off with injury and as I say a very very rusty left back 
playing against one of the best wingers in the Premier League. So there is some credit there, but I think that the big takeaway will be the absence of a striker and it does feel quite flippant and quite fickle because one week ago we were we were praising Harrison and, and Bielsa was praising the front three and I think in all the pieces we wrote this week we suggested that Dan James should continue as the striker in that front three because there was enough to go off from the West Ham game but again today you know in an effort not to appear flippant and fickle it's hard to look at that and think that that's not what's the problem is they were lacking a number nine we know Gellhart and Roberts were back after injuries today. They, they haven't played since the Burnley game, so we're not talking about an eight- or nine-week layoff. We're talking three weeks. So they won't have been especially rusty. <coughs> so there will be question marks about that. And we asked, I asked Bielsa about Gellhart and why his entry was delayed until 10 minutes to go. And ultimately, he felt that Rodrigo, Click, um, Roberts, Harrison, Rafinha and Roberts were doing enough. And, and ultimately... James came off because of the caution and he felt that Roberts was, was the best man to come on first and ultimately he felt that, that Rodrigo didn't fade until quite late on which is what, when he took, took click off for Gellhart yeah. but if, a point, if we're trying to pick holes in it that's where it was because I don't think the defence played that badly today I mean, no, like, apart, from, apart from a soft free kick they defended well and Llorente was magnificent yeah I thought the defence did really well today Newcastle really didn't create anything else of note you know there were a few attempts but there were half chances at best that's why it feels such a difficult result to, to take it's, yeah. it's a hard one to swallow because it, for all intents and purposes it was undeserved but Newcastle will take that they'll take the oh, three yeah. points they'll use that as a catalyst and a launch pad um, and ultimately Leeds' inability to finish their chances of which there were plenty has given them that opportunity you know it's, it's, it's completely flipped the, the narrative on its head because today going into it before a ball was kicked was Leeds can pull clear here move into that bracket with your Villas your Leicesters your Southamptons and ultimately, at the end of the day, Leeds are still not not to the same extent, but in the same area as your Everton's and your Brentford's, with, with you know 15 or so games to, to, to go. So yeah, I mean the, the Gellhart one is. I mean, we we know that Bielsa has his hierarchy, and I mean I, I was thinking if if he's going to bring anybody on to change this game immediately, it'll be Roberts first, yeah, just, just just the way that yeah. he does things. Um, Gellhart was then called on for the last 10 minutes. I mean, we did have a few instances where he beat the man, but you do think... Not a lot fell from him, did no, it? No, not a lot fell. He did run down a few blind alleys as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm, the reaction to when he goes and warms up and when he comes on is, is great, but I think we can't be expecting him to, to go and change the game in 10 minutes, you know, it's, or, or 15 or 20 minutes, you know. It's, it's going to be a gradual process, and with, with Gellhart, he's going to have games where he doesn't impact them, the same as the Wolves game, the same as the Chelsea game. So that's no, that's no slant to him or, or Roberts or, or, or Bielsa for, for deciding that. Just on the day, the chances didn't fall. You know, the, the team just, they left it a little bit too late, a little bit too little. Like, like Joe says, the, ta- the table doesn't make awful reading tonight. I think you, you look at it and they've lost a match to one of the bottom three and you immediately assume it's going to make the table look pretty, pretty sobering. But Burnley, as we know, are not cut off yet but they've got a lot of games in hand and a lot of points to make up so from what we've seen so far I would suggest that they're not going to immediately bank wins in each of those games in hand so they've got a long road back Newcastle a massive win today a team that had shown no signs of life for many many weeks that's a huge win for them Watford as most of you will know from last night a total implosion for Watford I mean they 
based on their track record, I would not be surprised if they have another managerial change before the end of the season. I mean, clearly there is no reaction there from, from Ranieri. To lose at home to previously what was one of the worst teams the Premier League's ever seen, Norwich, you couldn't hit a barn door before the last few weeks. To lose 3-0 at home to them and see their best player get sent off, I mean, it's just, it's, it's worst case scenario uh, situation for Watford. So they're right in the thick of it now. Norwich, as I say, show signs of life, a bit like Newcastle. They're the big wins that really tighten it up tonight. Uh, and Leeds, Everton lost it again. I mean, Everton are right in the mire as well. And Brentford again lost today. And Brentford, as, as Joe points out crucially, they've played more games than anybody in the bottom six or seven and have lost, crucially, 12 matches, which is more than, than a few of the sides immediately below them. So Brentford are not out of this at all. Palace, Leicester and Villa have got enough games in hand there to, and enough quality to suggest you would think they're probably going to, going to do it to get away. And at the time of recording, Southampton are beating Man City, so no real concerns about Southampton either. So I think you are looking at Brentford and below for the bottom for the three to go down. And as it stands, Leeds do have a healthy gap to the right teams. And, and the Villa game in, in two and a half weeks is, has got its own connotations, but Everton away, that, that, that's going to be a ding-dong Very because... Big. The next two, three, four weeks are going to be critical for Everton. I mean, are they going to get a manager in time before that Goodison Park game? Or are they going to try and rely on the, the Duncan Ferguson bounce, which clearly was, was missing today at, um, on Merseyside? So don't get too disheartened. I know a few of you will. Uh, and it is, it is hard to say because Newcastle are not a good team. Nothing there to say about Newcastle impressed me especially. And it, it was three points there to be won. And it would have been three wins on the bounce. It would have been by far the best run of the season. And as we alluded to in some of our pre-match pieces... That would have brought a lot of the feel-good feeling back into the club. Um, off the back of last Sunday, there was a lot of positivity, a lot of buoyancy. Feeling at, at risk of feeling like last, uh, like last season did, um, with positivity and looking upwards and feeling that we might have some mid-table obscurity to look forward to. But it does tighten it up. But, um, but look at the table and don't get too disheartened. Um, comment here, Joe. Uh, John Wooten, Tyler Roberts, why? Waste of space. What did you think of Roberts? Had a bit longer than, than Gellhart tonight, but yeah. came on at a difficult point in the game. I think it was. Di- I think it was difficult for anybody coming on because the energy was kind of sapped from Leeds. Yeah. You know, I'm not cutting him any slack. I think you know he didn't impact the game that Piazza would have wanted. You know, he, he didn't have the the effect that he would have. You know, that, that you would have designed for him to have. So it was disappointing. But ultimately, what can you expect from players in 20 20 minute stints? You know, it's it's difficult for anyone coming on. I think. I'd agree with, with people who say Gelhart should have come on before Roberts. Yeah. I, I think you saw that with how Gelhart played in, in the time that he came on. Yes, he didn't change anything, but at least he showed brightness. Bielsa likes Roberts. He likes the fact that he can pick passes in behind. He can he can hold the ball up a little bit. And I think he know, plays on the half turn, which he likes, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. He plays on the half yeah. Turn. yeah. And, and Bielsa likes that because he's he's two way. He can put he can go both ways. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, that's something which I think we have to make our peace with. You know, he's, he's, he's going to give Roberts minutes off the bench. You know, if he has that hierarchy of, you know, Bamford, Rodrigo, Roberts, Gelhart for those four positions, for that one and he, position. He ha- and he hasn't been horrendous. I mean, he's, he's had his low points at Leeds, yeah. but before the injury, you know, he wasn't playing too badly. At a time where Leeds were desperate to use him because they had nobody else. Yeah. I actually didn't think he did too badly well, in the absence sat- of some big names. Yeah, well, he was absolutely satisfactory. I mean, satisfactory is not what you want. But, you know, it's, yeah, I, I wouldn't go in too hard on it. No. Uh, Adam Pengeli, uh, that match was an advert for a striker. Who would have thought we would have won away at West Ham? Nothing us fans can do about the results, so we move on. Close to 10th, 
if you look at it that way. Yeah. So that that, point, that yeah. kind of sums up what we were saying about the league table. Yeah, yeah. Close at the 10th. Um, games in, I think Leeds have two games in hand on Brentford, who are above. Yeah. You know, and you know, next two games, Villa and Everton, both teams who are in the bottom half. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not as though Leeds are going to Arsenal and Chelsea or you know having to try and beat Spurs or somewhere like that. And we should have some play, more players back. Yeah, and also crucially, these two and a half weeks, massive. No game, only Rafinha away on on international duty. That's massive. You know, in terms of. He also said it in his pre-match. It's like a mini pre-season almost. It is, yeah. You get just rest and recuperate, a few days off, come back, right, hard work, you know, get get back to full fitness and hit that Villa game, you know, fresh out the blocks like they did at West Ham. That'd be a hell of an atmosphere as well. Villa, Villa under the lights. I mean, that home support does have a very good reputation. The whole end, of course. New That's going to be a fantastic bounce. game. Coutinho uh, bounce. Of course, last last season, Bavda went there and scored a hat-trick, but... We, not, maybe concerning might be a strong word but Bielsa was asked directly about Bamford and, and him coming back from injury and it, it, the, the, the context of the question may have got lost in translation but Bielsa did say that what well, he didn't say that yes Bamford will be back no he did say that he said he had doubts he said doubts, doubts yeah, he, he had sure. doubts uh, whether that's about Bamford making the Villa game or the games after that but, but he certainly wasn't suggesting he had any confidence at all really that, that Bamford was definitely going to be back and available for the Villa game which, yeah. which I mean we, we obviously don't know much about this new foot injury but it, but it is a new issue that he's got um, Samuja Carini very poor quality uh, Peter Cunningham gutted ran out of ideas at 60 minutes what does Rodrigo bring to the side Rodrigo back in the lineup tonight we'll end on this point um I thought he was. I don't I think he was too good. bad. I thought he was good today. I think first half, as with the rest of the team, played pretty well and, and made an impact in that that opening half an hour. Yeah. Made some good interceptions, made some good passes. You and I looked at each other when he played that lovely crossfield yeah. pass in the second half into the channel for Rafinha. Certainly better than he was at West Ham because West Ham he was very rusty and yeah, sluggish, but didn't look off the pace today. Yeah, I think he looked on it for me. He looked really on it today. Um, We'd be singing his praises if one of the balls where he plays it around the corner with the outside of his boot for Rafinha, Rafinha gets onto it, crosses it in for James, and James scores. We'd be going, you know, we'd be applauding Rodrigo. But that's 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 the nature of you know being a football supporter and being a football journalist. It's that you know the, your 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 opinion hinges on those moments, and you know because nothing came of it, you know you're you're more inclined to, to ignore it. Yeah. But he was good in in the build-up today, and that's. That, that was encouraging because up until the last 15 minutes when I think the team dropped off he was one of the better players you know he linked the, he linked the play for an attack he was one of the key reasons why I think Leeds had no issue building moves in the final no, third it's true and we all know by now that Rodrigo is somebody that takes a lot of time to get up to get up to speed it takes a lot of games and a lot of minutes on the pitch for him to to find his rhythm as we all know and to actually show why he's the club's record signing so 90 minutes today I mean to go from Bielsa not trusting him to come on in the in the 25th yeah. minute last Sunday to playing 90 today is a huge step forward with, with no issues as far as we're aware of he'll have a crucial two and a half weeks now with the rest of the team to get more training into his legs and to get some rest and recovery into his legs um, but that, that's another step forward and he in theory is only going to get better from here um, as we build into will be February and then March and of course then it's going to be the final stretch of the season with, with some more big games to come um, we'll wrap it up there folks just as the lawnmowers are finished you can hear us a bit more clearly um, as we say it's two and a half weeks now until the next game have you got any 23s games coming up yeah Monday uh, Blackburn okay. away which is uh, another big game yeah in the league okay. it's Blackburn at bottom of the, the PL2 Division oh, 1 okay. 
Leeds are currently third bottom, I think, because Derby County drew 1-1 with Arsenal last night. Derby are second bottom, or vice versa. So it's, again, it's another another game, another big opportunity to to, to make some distance between um, themselves and, and and the teams near the bottom. So yeah, if you if you guys are free on Monday evening, I'll be running the live blog for that one. Um, yeah. Because uh, yeah, it should be another good game, another good opportunity to see some of the youngsters. So keep an eye on the on the website on Monday evening. So that's in two days' time, and then as I say, from then on, it's it's, it's still over just over two weeks. Then until the Villa game, we as it stands, they're not going to play on that that cup weekend. So of course, Leeds being knocked out of the cup, the the weekend before the Villa away game is is a free weekend, and in theory, you know, Villa are also free. So I mean, they they could in theory make it a Villa double header, but as it stands, that's not been announced and. Given that the Watford have had a game rearranged, Watford Burnley's been rearranged for that weekend, and our assumption is the Premier League, you would have thought, would have announced those games at the same time for that weekend. Yeah. So my hunch would be that, that Leeds will now have nothing until Villa away, but keep an eye on that. In the interim, of course, the, the big story is going to be the transfer window, which which is now thrown into an even starker light. We've got, uh, I think today was the... Um, the 10th day sorry we've got 10 days to go including days, today yeah. uh, of business so nine days from tomorrow until the window closes at 11 p.m on the 31st so we'll be across any developments next week um brendan aronson as i'm sure you're all aware by now is the top target and is somebody they are pursuing um we'll have to see where it goes i mean i, I don't want to chew your ear off about it but all the reports would suggest that salzburg have got no real inclination to sell it's going to come down to the player we think is he going to cook up, kick up enough of a fuss to really push this move through? We know that player power is king, but Leeds, Leeds are not desperate. You know, they may be keen and want to do business, but they're not desperate to do business, and they won't spend over the odds. They're not going to spend money they don't need to spend. They've got a lot of faith in the youth players like Lewis Bay, and they will not spend money for the sake of it, and then risk blocking off some of their younger, most exciting players that are coming through in the next year or two. So, watch that one closely. But I wouldn't expect anything more than one signing. And if it's anybody other than Brendan Aronson, I'd, I'd also be a bit surprised. So let's just see that, how that one plays out. But we'll be across that next week into the following Monday. Uh, but in the meantime, try and switch off. Um, and if you do want to read anything Leeds United related after today's loss, come and read our stuff at Leeds Live. And um, we'll catch you again soon. Cheers, guys.